0: What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner. And they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A
2: wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, love that. A Redwood Forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
1: ski slopes. Let's
2: do it. Um, a girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait.
1: Did we just invent California?
3: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
1: Yep, yep, ghetto
4: boys, it's back and reloaded. All in your mind, yeah, I deep throated. This is
5: for the streets, the real, the railroaded The disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated And they know it, we speak the truth so they quote it Cause we wrote it, the north, south, east coast It's the G.B. knocking, we you keeping your head bobbing It ain't no stopping And once the beat drops in Violins, the system is so corrupt They throw the rock
4: out their hands and then blame it on us G.B. Don't get it twisted On code and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits it's Willie D, y'all. Scarface is in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. Reloaded. Reloaded with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, Jamie Bird. Mm-hmm. Also, moral support, Officer James Tenard. Tenard. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. It's a pleasure to have y'all on the show. Thanks
3: for it's a pleasure being
4: here. While you have been through a lot. You've been through a lot. <laughs>
5: yeah, um,
4: yeah. <laughs> um, it's been twenty-four years since your father was dragged to death mm. by some mm. white so-called su- superior uh, supremacist. supremacist. Mm-hmm. But I don't call them supremacists. I call them inferiorist. Mm. You know, but it's been twenty-four years. Yeah. <sighs> How was your relationship with your father? And can you explain who he was as a person?
3: My relationship with my father was um, was one of those where he always called me his baby girl where I never grew up. I was 16 years old when he was taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And um, to him, I was like a six year old. Mm. I was, you know, I wasn't a teenager. Um, I'm a mother's. I'm a, I'm a mama's girl. But we me and my dad was really close. Um, he was very talented. Um, he could sing just about anything. Um, he a lot of people say he sounds just like Al Green. Um, he was very talented in music. He could play. He was really he was that oh, good for real. Oh, he was. He, he could was, sound like Al Green. He could sound just like Al Green, even if he don't know the words to the song. <laughs> hey. You you're gonna be like, he know the words of the song because he could sound that well when he sings. So um very witty. He he was like the clown of the family, you know. Um it wasn't a <clears> party <throat> until James Bird Jr. showed up. Oh, so he he's that
5: guy. he was the life of the party. He oh, that, was the life that, of, the that
3: was that was of the party. Wow, yeah. Yeah.
2: So so huge
3: just imagine, it. you know, um our family reunions, the ones that we've had since he's uh been gone, has has been very mute. Everybody just, mm-hmm. you know, it's boring, to say the least. It really is. It's because he will show up and he going to play basketball. He going to be out there with the kids. He's just going to be the clown.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, yeah, that's him.
4: Yeah. In the introduction, uh, I, I introduced uh, James as officer. But
3: also, you know, you're an officer. I am.
4: Yourself. And were you talking, with. how long have you been on the force? 11 years. 11 years mm-hmm. on the force. And... It, it, it just, in my mind, I'm thinking she had to become a cop to, because she wanted justice.
3: Absolutely. Is that why yeah. you pursued a, yeah. a, a career yeah. in law enforcement? I um Prior to this career, I was a probation officer with Harris County Adult Probation for mm-hmm. two and a half years. And then I went into education because as a child, you know, growing up in Lufkin, Texas. Um, Lufkin? East Texas. That's do, where I grew up. Do
4: you know Wayne Rogers? Mm-mm. Uh my cousin. And not not, not a big dude. He ain't <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: doing
3: my shit. I just maybe, not, you know. maybe by <laughs>
4: faith. <faces, laughs> it's place. not. It's I mean, really yeah. not.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I've always been inspired by my teachers, particularly my first grade teacher and my eighth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I wanted to do is be in education. But while I was a first grade teacher for a number of years here in Houston, it was always my dad's story and, um, you know, this incident was always in my heart. Like I need to do more for my community. And yes, I can teach all the little kids, (laughs) each one teach one, but I wanted to make a different impact. I wanted to bring, um, somewhat of closure and justice to families that, you know, I felt like, you know, was brought to my family. Um, even though, I I don't believe in the death penalty. I feel like that's the easy way out. Mm. Um, In my opinion, I believe they all should have got life in prison with no possibility of parole. Mm. So they can sit in solidarity and see and drive themselves crazy. Hopefully that's that's that was my thought. Um, But I wanted to bring justice to families um, in some type of closure. um, And so that's why I, I joined the police
1: department.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, in joining the police department, before you joined, I mean, you you didn't really just take this lying down. You know, you were angry. You, because mm-hmm. I read an interview that you did and you told the interviewer that <laughs> you wanted to drag them, you know, the
3: same my way. My
4: truck, the same way that they did that. <clears throat>
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of
4: times, black people don't sound like that. They be, well, I, bef- before they even find out who did it, I forgive them.
5: I what's his name?
4: Him. I don't know the name, but I forgive him. I forgive Let's him. Give him. A
5: part, I, yeah, yeah and I don't you forgive him. I don't you. forgive.
3: You know what? And I can say, like, <laughs> my family was was that my my uh, grandmother, bless her soul. She she was one that wanted peace immediately. She Mm-mm. wanted she forgave. Mm-mm. Um, my sister, mm-hmm. you know, she was 26 Mm-mm. or so, I was 27 at the time, and she also forgave. And Mm-mm. she and me, my sister and I appeared on a number of talk shows um, instantly. And I remember we went on the Mother Love show, Forgive and Forget. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, what we here for? I don't forgive. <laughs> and I surely won't ever forget, right? Was mm-hmm. Mother
4: Love trying to force it on you?
3: No, she really wasn't. Okay. She And I really didn't even understand the whole point of that you know, the name of her show, but that's really, and I was like, I don't forgive, and I had so much hate as Mm. a 16-year-old. I had so much hate in my heart, really, for many, many years, up until 2017.
4: You had a right to have that hate. They murdered your father. They murdered your hero.
3: Yeah.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you had
4: every every right
5: to feel the way you felt. Can you uh, rewind that and what was said you know what they said happened. Like, can you rewind that incident and, and and go by you know step by step to what they said that these um,
3: yeah how uh, how the
5: white inferiorist did to your father. Okay, thanks Willie, because I don't want to say nothing too
3: mean, and I don't call them their names at all. Okay, well, so don't just for the it, um on June seventh, um, nineteen ninety eight, my dad was leaving one of his friends' anniversary wedding anniversary parties on a walking walking. Hmm. Less than two miles from his destination, hmm. my daddy walked everywhere. Everybody knew everybody knew James and Love in Houston. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone knew James Jasper. and Jasper. Yeah. Sorry, I'm from three different <laughs> <Right>. towns, <laughs> um, and so he, these three individuals, drove Mm-mm. up to him. picked we him gotta up.
5: pick a better word individual. Did he know them?
3: He didn't. Not to my recollection. Because they made it seem like, like in the he media knew media one that, that of had them.
4: A, some type of relationship with one of
3: them. No. And I I can I can tell you that my daddy didn't hang out with those types of guys. Okay. To be honest. So But no. So he was walking home.
5: Where did they come from? Like were they from Jasper or they were just passing through?
3: No, two of them were from Jasper. And one was from like one of the uh, one of the little towns outside of Jasper. Hmm. And they were all three just recently released from prison. So they were um, prior to picking up my dad, they were in an apartment um, partying, celebrating because this is an act that they was plotting and they had planned. And, um, and
2: they
5: released from prison.
3: And yeah,
5: they home scot free.
3: Mm-hmm. Home scot free. How many yeah. years did they do in prison? In prison prior to June seventh, or
5: yeah, prior? No, no. I'm just saying, but oh. for, 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 for this incident, how many years did they do from? Well,
3: one of them was
5: murdered in 2011. 2011. One of them got and killed. killed. When got one of them executed was executed in 19, Good,
3: yeah. good,
4: real
5: mm-hmm. good. And then one has a life sentence. So one of so them, I thought you said he was out of jail.
3: With possibility of parole 2038.
5: You said one of them was out of jail?
3: No. No, no. they were out on parole. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, I'm, were, I'm, they were I'm, released. I'm, I'm,
5: I'm, <laughs> I'm dead. I'm I'm not, I am I got too mad too fast. No, 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 no. So no. one of them already dead. Two. Two. of them already dead. Yeah. Did somebody get killed in prison?
3: You would think, No. Damn.
5: Go ahead.
3: No. <laughs> so, so
5: ain't nobody killed nobody. The state killed them. Damn. Easy.
3: easy. That's why I said. That's, easy way. It? That's the easy way out. No.
5: Man, can you go see one of them get the fuck killed? I would love that. I would love it's to go to, with you. To
3: me, because they had no remorse. Not that I don't think it would have mattered, but they had no remorse. Let me go. Um, And, you know, to sit there and see someone just sit in a chair and just be put to sleep. Like, I don't, I don't even want to look at the face.
5: I want to antagonize his ass. I want to go.
3: They don't care. It would it would have been more, you know, detrimental to me and my, you know. <laughs>
5: I like to mom. fucking throw shit at him, like yeah. human feces. But go ahead. I'm sorry. So, Jamie, yeah. your,
4: your, your father's walking down the street.
3: So, he's and- walking down the street. Um, <laughs> less than two miles from, from, the house. from yeah. his house. Yeah. Wow. And they picked him up, put him on the back of a, a pickup truck. They took him to what is deep east texas which is called huff creek huff creek is a small community predominantly black okay so they already knew we're gonna take him to the black part of town so it comes to huff creek um a fight ensued they from what investigators say my dad you know put up a good fight for a very long time um and then
4: just to make sure we're clear when they picked him up and they put him on the back of the truck, did he voluntarily get on the back of the truck? Like this is for a ride? They
3: were he he was forced on the back of the truck. Okay. Mm-hmm. or <clears throat> in the truck, into you know, the into truck, into the truck. Yeah, into okay. the truck. And um, so they took him to Huff Creek. A fight ensued. One of them, who is the owner of the truck, who got life in prison with possibility to parole, it was his vehicle. He said that. They didn't plan to kill an individual. They just wanted to scare a N I G G E R.
5: You can say it.
3: So mm-hmm. that's what happened. So it just kinda got out of hand from and he what said he the said the
5: N-word out there out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Mm. So um mm. after the fight, they sprayed his face with black paint mm. because he was still, he was he was still up. He was still trying to live. Um, mm. then they, then they was like, okay, <laughs> he, he doing the most. So they took him, but you know, of course he's, he's getting low in energy at this point because the owner of the truck who got life in prison ran because he said he got scared and he supposedly peed in his britches because he couldn't believe what was happening.
4: That's, as Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, uncivilized mutt number three. Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Yeah. So that's when they had a chain in the back of the truck, tied him to the back of the truck, and they drove him for over three miles down Huff Creek. And and let me include, Huff Creek is the community. It's like a Fifth Ward, If you just, just to give you a picture of it. That's where my mom, my mom is from Jasper as well. That's where she grew up in, Huff Creek. She went to church there, went to school there, lived there. My dad's body was dismembered and decapitated throughout the community of Jasp- of Huff Creek. Um, the church where my mom's family went to church every Sunday growing up, his head was in front of that church. Part of his arms was in the grave site where all of my mom's side family is buried so how can how can we go back there and every year in September the first week in September we have what is called church homecoming I how do you, how do you how do you go back to where you grew up how do you visit your grand your grandmother and your grandfather and your aunts and all these people how do you
4: so, so, Jamie, take us through the day, if you don't mind, when you found out, like, wh- what was your day like? And then take us to the point to where you got the news, uh-huh. your dad.
3: So the day before June 6th, my mom, my sister and myself was in Jasper. We went to Jasper to my dad's niece, which is my first cousin, her bridal shower. So we were there like a family reunion. We have a big family on the bird side. So my dad, he didn't come to the bridal shower. He showed up at my grandparents' home right after the bridal shower. And we were getting ready. My mom's sister and I were getting ready to head back to Lufkin. Again, that's where I lived with my mom. He got in a car. I'm in a backseat with my dad. He got in a car and he wanted us to go to his apartment. He wasn't ready for us to leave. And he and my mom, although they were divorced, they had a good relationship a very friendly relationship. So he was like, y'all come over, you know, see my new apartment and I'm going to cook y'all some steaks. And so I'm laughing because I'm like, dude, you don't even cook. Like really, like you really trying. So he just kept, you know, kept trying to get us to stay. I had a party to go to. I'm 16. So I'm like, I'm trying to get to this house party. You need to get up at this car. So he and I kind of had some words and I my last words to my dad was, which I didn't know at the time, was I hate you.
1: Oh,
3: man. Oh. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I hate you, cause again he telling me, oh little girl, you don't run nothing, you know all of this and that, and so we going back and forth, and I'm like, man, just get out the car, I got stuff to do, mom, let's go. And he reached, my dad was tall, lanky, long fingers. He, re- I never forget, he reached for the door handle, and opened the door, got out the car, and as he was closing the door, he said, y'all be safe. We head back to Lufkin. The next morning, my mom cooking breakfast, my sister and I sitting at the table. We just talking about everything that happened the day before. You know, just not that incident, just the function. And my, we get a call. My sister answers the phone. And my aunt says, hey, y'all get down here. Get down here now. And my sister was like, wow, what's going on? We thinking something happened to my grandparents. Um, She said, James. James been, you know, killed. So all I could hear my sister say, daddy, daddy. Oh, no, daddy. And she drops the phone. So when she dropped the phone, I could still hear my aunt on the other, on the receiver saying, y'all hurry up, get down here. She's just screaming in the phone. We get the Jasper, which is normally like a, Hour drive from Lufkin, but it it probably took us about 30 minutes this day. We get there, get to my grandparents' home. There was media, galore, um, law enforcement everywhere. Not to go too much, it's, you know, not to go too much into that day of detail, but I I was in denial. I I, I walked in the house, I seen all these people, and I'm like, man, but ain't nobody did nothing to my daddy. Because he, everybody knew him. I was like, what can happen in Jasper? What can he do? You know, so as days and days go by, my family is preparing for the home going services and everybody's crying. And my cousins kept coming up to me and they was like, Jamie, you don't want to know what happened to your daddy? I was like, ain't nothing happened to him because he coming back like he gonna show up at this house. And I go and sit on my grandparents porch on there. They had a, a bench and I'm looking out in the street. And I and I visualize I saw my daddy in my mind it was him. He walking, you know, my daddy kept a cap on and he always wore button-down shirts and they, you know, have it open, and he just walking. And I runs to the end of the driveway and I'm like, Daddy, and then he disappeared. That's when I knew I said, I said, yeah, something ain't right. That night I was at my aunt's house and I we was getting ready. The next day was the funeral. And I asked my cousin. I said, "So what happened?" She was like, "You really want to know? Like, you ready to know?" I was like, "Yeah," because I wasn't gonna go to the funeral or anything. Like, each day I'm in denial. I'm, I'm just watching everybody shuffle around, and I'm the only one that's just like nonchalant. She told me what happened. She said, "Well, Uncle Bird was walking home. She called the the guy's name, who house he was at, and um." Three white supremacists picked them up and took them to Huff Creek and they killed them. And I was like, they killed them? And she was like, yeah. And that's when she said. they it, Details. And I, I went because I don't show my emotions. So I went in the restroom and I sat on the, the toilet and I just I just cried. But at that moment, I didn't cry because of what happened to my dad. I didn't cry. I cried because of our last interaction, those Mm -hmm. last three words that I said to him, and I was like, "Like, no, I can't. I gotta some kind of way fix this. I gotta apologize. I gotta like." The dragon didn't resonate in my spirit at that moment. Mm -hmm. It was wait. I told this man just a week ago that I hate him, and this happened. And so, for, for many, many, many years, that's the guilt that I held on to. I felt responsible. I felt that, you know, like, you know, I disrespected my dad for the very first time in my life. And I'm like, and this is what happened. So.
4: That, that, I'm glad you answered that question because I wanted to ask you that. Like, mm-hmm. Did you feel like... Mm-hmm. your anger was a result of the guilt that you felt for speaking that word, speaking those words.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. A great deal. I couldn't, you know, and even now, like I, I watch what I say to people, how I say things to people because, because of that, that last interaction. Cause you never mm-hmm. know, you never know if it's going to be our last conversation. And so I, no matter how mad I get or, what I'm upset about in my, you know, marriage, friendship, like whatever, I always try to. If I hang up the phone and I'm, and I be like, all right, what well, I try to fix it.
4: So when you said I hate you, you was that was a reactionary comment you you had a good relationship with your father
3: i had a very good relationship yeah we had a really good relationship um like i said he never allowed me to grow up in his mind he always kept me as this little girl you were 16 but even then like i'm like i'm a whole teenager i couldn't even wear shorts unless they was to my knees or past my knees i couldn't have my arms out like was that was wearing shorts no, no. ain't nothing
4: wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, my daughter wore. It's hot in shorts. Texas. We need my some shorts. She still have to wear shorts past.
3: Bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand, mm-hmm. but so yeah, we had a very good relationship. My mm-hmm. sister, um, my sister is fifty one. She spent. The majority of her upbringing with my dad. So she was closer to my dad. She was the daddy's girl. I'm a mama's girl. And then I have a brother as well, um, Ross. Ross. Yeah.
5: Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break.
6: Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: Hey, everyone. I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the steam fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with a Black Effect podcast network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures visit black forward slash podcast festival for more details with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
4: Ross was—he uh, was in support of this organization that was about reconciliation for murderers uh-huh. uh, who are on death row, uh-huh. and he didn't—he didn't want the guys to be murdered uh-huh. on death row. Uh-huh. He wanted them just to just have a life sentence. Uh-huh. And so, I heard you say that you felt the same way. You—you uh-huh. you wanted to see them, you know. Uh-huh.
3: I mean, because I, I believe, you know, of course, not get out in the free. Absolutely not. But the like a, a shot in the arm. What is that? I, I feel like you don't you don't not so much of them learning from the incident. I don't think animals as as such will learn from this because this is something that is I feel like it's embedded in them. You know, it's it's a part of them, even to their death sentence. <clears throat> they did not apologize. They had no remorse. Um, you know, and they said ugly words to us on their last on their last day that basically he get what he deserved.
4: They said that?
3: one of
2: them did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm.
4: Who? King? Yeah. You King know, he of, was a monster. Yeah. He
3: was the ring. Yeah. Monster. Right. hmm.
4: Yeah. Uncivilized mutts.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
4: Do you feel like in your estimation how much has changed since your your father was murdered in terms of race relations and how our people especially like living in Texas?
3: You know, I would love to say <laughs> that it's changed tremendously, <laughs> but honestly, I I I don't feel that. I don't feel like I feel like we'll take <clears throat> One step forward and 10 steps back.
4: That's America pretty much. That's the American way, bro.
3: That is. It's like yeah. yes, let's let's corral this family, let's you know show them that we are in support of, you know, as long as we you know, we were speaking peace, but it's like after everything is said and done, it's like back to normal. Yeah. And that's like you whole said, other that's other the family. American way. Yeah. A whole that's whole the family American dealing
5: way. with the same thing.
3: The same know, thing and it may be in a different way. way. Mhm. I see it. It may be. It, it may be that? with the
5: with, with the s-
3: badge on. Did
5: you see the officer in Mississippi that was that was just spewing out the n word, like talking about how many people he killed? Oh yeah, like yeah. That's 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 who's in control mm-hmm. of, of of whether you uh, uh uh die that night or go home. Those people, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, yeah. Slave slave patrol is what. What what is a, but it, yeah. better but they choice to word. That. slave patrol, mm-hmm. y'all? We talked about it before.
7: We have race haters a disease.
5: It is, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a learned. It's learned. It's a learned it's, behavior. They, they, it's a taught behavior mm-hmm. by your parents. It's by your, your 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 grandmother and grandfather, and mom and dad, and aunts and uncles. You know?
3: Although one of um one of them, <laughs> it's it's so hard not to, just, uh, um, call them worse. <laughs> names, then you know, I just try to be civilized. But um, grandfather told us that he wasn't raised like that. Yeah, right. The one that has life in prison he said wasn't that he was like not
4: that? raised like that. He nah, was not I, raised like that. I don't, like
3: don't
5: that. believe some of his best friends are black, right? So yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. cold
3: black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
4: <sighs> so Jamie, you you got to master this. You got a you got a masters of uh of of what? You have a masters of what in? no, you have a bachelor's at from from TSU right mm-hmm. in, in uh, administration of justice right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then at Prairie View you went and got your MS mm-hmm. in uh, marriage and family the therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. What's MS master's, right? That's mm-hmm. uh, master's, master's of science. science. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much of pursuing those particular, uh, academics, mm-hmm. uh, played in to, you know, how, what you went through with your father.
3: With the, um, with the administration of justice, you know, that's because I was very instrumental in the passage of the state hate crime, mm-hmm. um, the James Burr Jr. Hate Crime Prevention Act in 2001. And so that was something that, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to be very instrumental in this aspect of the criminal justice system. Um, with human science, it had when I was trying to decide, do I want to go through counseling, you know, on the counseling side um, or do I want to go through the marriage and family therapy side? I looked at it more like my family,
5: Okay.
3: you know, how, you know, my family dynamics um, and everything that looked good. ain't always good
5: good
3: it ain't good for you and so with both of those um with 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 both of those kind of ideas and experiences that I've gone through I was like okay how can I connect the two because I had a great passion um for you know just the the family therapy part and um one keeping families together and the dynamics Family dynamics. And I speak about that in my book, Triumph of a Tragedy, about, you know, family dynamics and dysfunctionality in in the especially in the black families. Um, so that's that's kind of why I went that route. Yeah. yeah.
4: How, how useful are, are those uh, learnings and teachings uh, when you're out on the beat?
3: You know what? <laughs> it. Coming in at almost 30 years of age with HPD, I was like, gosh, I should do it this way when I was, you know, first graduated from college. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, my um education and my teach learning through um both of my degrees, it allowed me to really, like, meet these families where they are. Like, I understand when I go into Sterlingshire apartments or Crofton apartments or city-ass apartments, I get it. I understand I understand even though some of the stuff I wasn't um I didn't experience growing up, you know, but going through those family therapy classes, I understand how to communicate with a lot of people and I always meet them where I always say, you know, I'm going to meet you where you at. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to use <laughs> so much of the book teaching, but it it allows me to see the 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 scope of things. When when going out into the community, because and I tell people that all they, you know, ones that only know HPD, I just say, bless your heart, (laughs) because I'm grateful for my experiences with my, you know, education, educational background and my previous careers. It has allowed me to see things at a young age that um, I probably would not have seen or experienced if I didn't go that route.
4: Yeah. I think that would be a good mandatory course for all officers to take yeah I mean, like if 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 you don't understand human nature, you don't understand how to communicate with human beings that's it, and they give you a gun and a badge and the authority to affect people's lives. What do you think you're gonna do with that? you know right. Mm-hmm. Like, and 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 James, uh, an officer Nard, how how long have you been an officer? Th- Thirteen years. For Thirteen, 13 years. years. Yes, sir. Oh, wh- now, what wh- what's your
7: education? Uh, Administration of Justice from Texas University. My
4: okay, TSU, TSU, Texas. Okay, D, Okay, ain't no other TSU by the way. Texas. Ain't no other TSU. Where's the other one? But they perpetrated a fraud. But go ahead.
7: My minor was psychology.
4: Okay. Uh, I worked in uh, juvenile
7: probation. I worked gangs, and then I came over to HPD. So uh, that's pretty much my story, born and raised here in Houston, Sunnyside, uh Texas, Sugar Valley to be exact. Sugar Valley? I'm on Dacker Street. Right there in right. the
4: neighborhood. <laughs> right. Yes, right. sir. Right. So how did you guys meet?
7: Um. So I got a little promotion and uh, moved up to public affairs and my cubicle was like right here and james was right there i had no idea that was james bird baby i didn't know until one day we just kind of started talking to each other Mm -hmm. and when she told me that who her dad was i went home and they had the uh, jasper texas
1: Uh
7: i think it's on prime or netflix Mm -hmm. and i saw it you know i think luke Gossett Jr. was in there man i look i don't cry willie d but i did that night that's just unfair, and I'm sorry that you lost your dad that way, Jamie. Mm. You know, I have five daughters, mm. uh-huh. and they need them. you. You need your daddy. Mm. People mm. talk about mothers, but you need your daddy too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm, I, I really feel for you.
5: Uh-huh.
7: And I, I don't know why you're working. You should have been compensated. <laughs> I don't. I, I just <laughs> don't understand.
4: You guys didn't get. Um, they didn't like issue a settlement. And, no. And why not? Oh my god. Did, did y'all pursue it?
3: My my sister, um, I was at college, so she looked into it. Um, there was a lot of kind of say, and go back to the family dysfunctionality. Um, <laughs> so there was lots of things coming in for us.
4: Is it too late to pursue it?
3: It's never too late.
5: Well,
4: uh, Benjamin Crump is a
5: personal friend of mine. Mine too. i go get that. If they got, they got, ben, ben can get that money. Hmm. But if, no <laughs> if they ain't got no money, if they ain't got no money,
4: no, no, no well, they got something. Somebody got something. got something. Somebody got something. Whatever they got. How about
5: Land. That?
4: Whatever they got.
5: Pickup truck.
4: Yeah. Something. Whatever they got. Dog, Give it up. Give it up. Unborn children. Give it I'm up. Horse. Give it up. Give it up. Something. Shotgun.
5: Whatever they got. I want got. it all. I want it all. Whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. they got. Brand new this, socks and drawers. <laughs> want it all. <laughs> J- Jamie, I, how do
4: you feel about people's reverence towards your dad? Because, you know, everybody I've ever heard speak of James Byrd, mm-hmm. they understand the tragedy. They understand the, the, the impact his death had on mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. And everybody. Uh, pretty much that I've spoken to have pretty much the same reaction. Like, like we really, really, like, can relate to yeah. your story. Yeah. And we feel like your story is our story.
3: Because it, it really is. It, it it really is. And, you know, um, it, it's unfortunate that, you know, my dad had to be the victim that night. And, and like I say, you know, and I didn't I, what I'm about to say, I hadn't always felt this way. I had through a whole lot of praying, <laughs> a whole lot of soul searching, but it had to be somebody's daddy.
1: Mm.
3: So I said, <laughs> why not, you know, accept this and make the best of it and keep his name and his memory alive. and And hopefully, you know, the things that. You know, my family and I, from my grandmother, aunts, and my sister and brother, the things that we've done, you know, hopefully these things just won't go in vain.
4: Yeah. Did you also say it has to be somebody else's daughter? Did you ever think about that? I never think
3: about
4: that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. It's it's Mm. remarkable how you are navigating through this, you know? Like your story, like you got a story, mm-hmm. like all on your own, now, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and it just seems like, <clears throat> um, it's like you said, like if, you know, that didn't happen to your dad, mm-hmm. perhaps your life wouldn't be what it is. Like you wouldn't have like the drive that you have, the tenacity.
3: Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just I think about um That night, they were, they had planned. This was all a planned act. And they said that they were going to kill somebody. It was, yeah, a random. It was going to be somebody.
5: It was going to be some. Somebody. Negro. Or black person. Or Jew. Is that what they said? Or Jew.
3: Mm -hmm.
5: Now, how the
4: hell was they going to know if somebody was Jewish? Now, you're just going to sit around and ask Hmm. which which
3: religion. It was, was, yeah. So, it, it was all, you know, planned and. And so, I'm just like, you know, it was going to be somebody.
2: Yeah.
4: Did you attend the trial?
3: I did. I attended the one in Bryan College Station. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't stay stay in there but a second. Yeah. Because, of course, any outcry, you know, we could have just thrown the case out. Did you
4: feel you was going to get justice? I didn't.
3: I did. And honestly, prior to that, I haven't, you know, I I grew up in Lufkin. Um, but I never really experienced any, any racial division or, I mean, I knew of it. You know, you watch movies and you hear stories of my mom telling me things that happened in her upbringing in the fifties. Never in a million years would I have thought to me that it happened. And then to me at that, to my family. And so I was already checked out. My -hmm. brother and I both, you know, my sister kept hope alive. She was, she just the sweetest thing. she just always on a positive note. And man, my brother was like, like, what are we here for? And I remember when I, when they were bringing out, especially the chain, when they brought out the chain and I grabbed my mouth because I already knew that, you know, because you could see the rust and everything. And it just, I couldn't imagine my daddy being tied to that exact chain. My brother got me up and carried me out
4: did they bring out any any other
3: uh, mm. items they brought out uh, his shoes his hat mm-hmm. a lot of you know the tool the the screwdriver that was found on the scene with the um name
2: yeah
4: yeah so when you, at any point did you guys fear for your life while you were out there
2: oh yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was there
4: anything that happened that was unusual that Spooky, a little bit.
3: No, we had. I mean, you know, the new Black Panthers was out there. I mean, so we didn't really. We, it was more so. I guess traveling there, not so much there Uh on the, you know, on the premises of the courthouse, but traveling there. It was, you know, it was like, okay, we get pulled over. (laughs) You know, what's what they gonna do? Because they already mad Mm. that Mm -hmm. that they were captured with. Yeah, local. Damn. I'm yeah. Because if it wasn't. For the FBI, and I spoke yesterday um, at an FBI conference about hate crime and extremism. And I thank the FBI um, Houston field office because if it was not for FBI coming in to Jasper, Texas, I truly believe, I truly, truly believe that it would have been a cold case.
5: Wow.
4: Are there any names uh, associated with the FBI that was involved in the case that you can remember? that you could speak on
3: not necessarily Mm -mm.
4: but i I do i do want to commend the all involved in making sure that those uncivilized much were brought to justice
3: absolutely
4: everybody in law enforcement you guys did your job on that one i mean you
3: yes they
4: did from the judge to the juries to the you know to the uh, Mm -hmm. the prosecutors you Mm -hmm. know to the uh, the communities, you know, everybody just kind of bonded, you know, and, uh, you know, even, even the media did their job.
3: I Absolutely. Mean, yeah.
4: Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody, everybody did it their job. It flight. was shocking. It was,
3: it was an international. That's how it's
4: supposed to go all the time. That's mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to go when these uncivilized mutts, uh, prove that they can not be among the civilized. Mm-hmm. That's the way they need to be put down. They need to be pursued. They need to be put down. They need to be taken out of population. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the way it goes. Now, when you got the the verdict, where were you? Were you in the courtroom?
3: No, the first one or the, which one?
4: Okay. So the, the first one, when the first one came
3: Mm
4: -hmm. in, uh, when you heard about, Mm -hmm. The verdict. Where were you? At home. You were at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the at this point, one. okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And now we have hope. And now that's hope. <laughs> right. We
3: have hope. Yeah.
4: And then the second one comes in.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Bam! We got another uncivilized mutt. Right. And then the third one. Boom! It was
3: like a. It was. It was almost like okay. Do I be happy that he got life in prison? But it's like, why do he have to have possibility with parole? Why? That it's should like
4: have now. That part should have never happened.
3: It should not have ever but, but happened.
4: I, but perhaps now it, it, they could have gotten through that without without him because he without talked. Giving him the, yeah because, because he talked. He was going to talk just to spare
3: his life. That's it.
4: Yeah. He the, he the mutt did not want to die. They cool killing, but they can't take it the other no. way. You mm-hmm. know. So he would have accepted a life sentence without parole. Had they said this is what it's going to be, you're going to talk. He wouldn't have had a or we choice. we going to kill you too. <laughs>
3: yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what would
4: have happened. So, um, so but- I guess they, you know, dropped the ball on that one, but, you know, I think it's going to be a big fight to keep him locked up when he comes up for, for parole.
3: You know, and I, you know, even though 2038 seemed a, a, a long way from now, um, I keep up with all the appeals and you know all the letters that he write <laughs> the parole board and he's steady trying to this day I get them all. Mm-hmm. He is he is steady trying. You know honestly I try to just stay. Um, I don't want I, I try to think positive, but in today's world, especially political <laughs> light, like, anything can happen because the main people that's making these decisions look just like them and mm-hmm. feel just like them. And they have the white cape on, just like they do, <clears throat> now, just not in front of the cameras
4: now, how do you as a police officer avoid implicit bias when you encounter a white suspect that you know, considering what mm-hmm. you went through,
3: you know what with your dad that's 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 really easy and you know, and I think the department was um. a little leery of that too thinking you know especially when i applied they was like okay how is she gonna i wasn't raised to hate or to dislike any race Mm -hmm. you know i was not um the entire race did not kill my dad so that was easy
4: okay did y'all hear that the entire race Mm -hmm. did not kill her dad so that means that you're holding the person who's responsible for killing your dad, the people who's responsible that's for it. killing your dad, accountable. That's it. Mm. They're being held accountable. Not, Not
3: their families. Everybody else. Not them. Are,
4: each of them mm-hmm. are standing on their own merit.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: I got you. Okay, that's, that's it. how I go. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting because, you know, it's like, uh, when one black person does something, people love to to group everybody in it. and say, uh, that's he's representative animals. of everybody, and that's it. Uh, gonna, those animals, those that thugs, and did those one thugs. Thing, We're gonna go out and, and we're gonna make it. We're gonna make life hard on all, all of y'all. Mm-hmm. Like he did from but as soon as one of them do something, it's it was a long wolf. Oh, uh, it was an isolated
5: incident. You this know? is crazy. It is amazing, man. but but, how, but, how it, but it, 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 it's work. It's working according to the plan is by design it's not by accident by no right, means right right it's by design this is all of this is by design mm-hmm. you got a got to get a got to got a black kid getting in trouble he's a thug you know got a white kid getting in trouble he's having some mental issues yeah you know a middle eastern getting in trouble he's a uh, terrorist he's a terrorist mm-hmm. and and uh kim jong un he getting in trouble He's a uh, what did what did Trump call Kim? <laughs> I he called him uh... Kim Jong Un. What did he call him, man? Damn it! What did he oh, call man. him? <laughs> call him Rocket Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Will, you are funny as hell. <laughs> Ghetto Boys Reloaded podcast. We'll be right back after the break.
6: yo i'm hype the black effect is live this april 27th the 2024 black effect podcast festival is headed down to atlanta's very own pullman yards last year was incredible and this year will be even more thrilling especially with nissan coming back along for the ride nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the steam fields Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this, because no matter where life takes you Nissan would dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for
1: more details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Please visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
4: How do we bridge the gap between law enforcement and the Black community specifically?
3: The Black community. I say, because I've worked seven years in fifth ward, Um, And I chose that community because, one, I have family from Sydney Woods, City Gas, you know, all up and down Homestead. Um, I can relate. I didn't grow up in a, you know, in in a predominantly black neighborhood in Lufkin. But I understand the culture. And it's to me, when I drive up to these apartments or, you know, anybody's home, I just be me. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that's the best way you could be. Just be you because we can see, we know when somebody trying to play us. We know when you're trying to act like you're something <coughs> and that you're not. And I've always just been me. Whenever I pull up on any scene, I talk to people how I want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had to, I mean, people old, my mother's age, I've had to counsel. And I've had to sit there and say, ma'am, you old enough to be my mom now. You know better than that. Just be real with them. Yeah. And and to me, that's the easiest way I sleep real good at night knowing that I kicked it with my family today.
7: And when you're from the area, yeah. area Willie D, you learn you learn to love your people. Too. And too.
5: You speak mm-hmm. the same language, speak the the language. language. If you if you don't if you don't you, come from that mm-hmm. neighborhood and you're not a part of that, uh, those people, then I don't understand why you're there in the first
7: place. Yes, why yeah. are you here? An officer won't use discretion if he's not from that area. He
5: don't, yeah, we don't, don't speak he, the same he, language. Don't you understand me. Oh, well, well, so well, let's, let's, let's keep mm-hmm.
4: it a buck. Mm-hmm. White officers yeah. won't use discretion okay. because. Black officers know how to do that when they work other neighborhoods. They know how to act professional. Mm-hmm. They know how to not bust somebody in the back of their head with a gun mm-hmm. and talk crazy to people and and, and they, throw their kids on the concrete yeah, and arrest the kids, body slam the children, lock the them concrete, up on handcuffs, all that stuff, beat up kids at schools. Mm-hmm. Black officers understand their duty. They understand what to do. They don't. That's why you. I, I see black officers working. uh Predominantly white neighborhoods and none. No this All the time, and they're not shooting, killing without people. incident. Yeah. Why With no it's well, heavy? Willie. They're not killing people, and the the, the problem <clears> is, is that these officers are not being held accountable. <clears throat> Those black officers understand that if they do get an idea, a crazy idea to do something bad somebody, to violate somebody, they're going to be held accountable. <clears throat> they know that. That's the difference, and but but and, and then you know, I'll
7: and, take, that, and, that and I'll take and that explains the bit, system
4: is broken, and, I, and I'll take a little bit further than that. White officers, uh, in general, is one thing, but specifically, I'm talking about the ones who join the force. The ones who join the force to hurt, harm, maim, disrespect, violate. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of them. They're clans members. They're members of the Proud Boys. They're neo-Nazis. And they're being hired because of Their affiliation, Mm -hmm. because you can't tell me they're not being hired because of their affiliation, because it's too pervasive, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pervasive, way too pervasive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, and and, 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 but here's the thing, though. Like I, I do know my thing is this, man. I I do know white cops who are good dudes. I Mm -hmm. do know some good dudes. Mm -hmm. I do know them personally, Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna tell you. So do I. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna tell you that there is. It is a specific race of people who is killing everybody, violating and destroying people. And that is white cops.
3: And I believe it's, too. it's it is
4: predominantly majority white cops who are murdering unarmed people and, and killing people and beating up people and planting drugs and dope on people. I'm not saying black people. You ain't got some black cops that do it too, cause we got some dirty ones too. I, I was but, about to <laughs> but but by far and but by far and large those white cops out there that have that type of mentality mm-hmm. uh they they're outpacing everybody mm-hmm.
3: and and for houston mm-hmm. particular because i feel you know it starts with the leadership mm-hmm. everything starts you know what your leadership is gonna tolerate and if you know right. that your chief or your mm-hmm. sister chief or any of your above superiors mm-hmm. um it's gonna just Pat you on the hand, or you know, give you a promotion. Give you a pro- <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's 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 do whatever we want to do. But yeah. I can honestly say, for mm-hmm. our department, um, we are held accountable. wish you are. We are held, and I've I've been here through three different chiefs, mm-hmm. and um, they they we don't tolerate it
4: but within the, the department. Are, 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 or are the, are the white cops also being held accountable?
3: I, I have seen them. Been held accountable, absolutely.
7: Some have been let go.
3: Yes, without a doubt. They, they,
7: they don't. do they, We do not
3: tolerate HBD Mm-mm. anymore.
7: Yeah. Well, my
4: thing is that, like, I do believe that law enforcement is necessary, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I want to make it clear that I am not against police officers. I'm against bad dirty yeah. police mm-hmm. officers, bad, corrupt police officers. Yeah, they are uncivilized much, and like the rest of uncivilized mutts in society, they
3: mm-hmm. need to be put down mm-hmm.
5: straight up the pink juice.
3: And I, you know, <laughs> and I always say, we, we on a recruiting band too. You know, <clears throat> we, it's diversity. You got to go to these, I go to, you know, Jack Yates and Wortham and all these schools. You got to go and recruit in your neighborhood to diversify the department. That's where the change is going to start.
4: Hmm. How do you really? Uh, we hear people say that, we hear officers say that, but what can be done to actually have a a, a, a solid, I guess, um, some type of solid movement to to recruit, just like they recruit for the Army, the Navy, Mm -hmm. the Air Force, Mm -hmm. Marines, Mm -hmm. to get people to understand, Black people to understand that we do have to become police officers and as we become police officers we move up in the ranks and now we get police chiefs and we get commanders and we get sheriffs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that and that's how we are able to police ourselves
3: you partner with these local churches get with these and that's what we do as our um afro-american police officers league our black union apol we go to we partner with these churches in the community, and we hold a Saturday forum, you know, or panel discussion. We answer these questions, and we let them know, like, hey, we all y'all look like us. Tell me why you don't want to be a po- what's stopping you from being a police officer? Mm-hmm. Oh, cause my uncle say, oh, I've been not coming this house being a papa. Okay, but why? <laughs> Besides that, like, you have to you have to go out to in your community. You need to make the change. Because if we always, you know, and it, and I feel like in a black community, we discourage our own kids from being a part. Because, you know, again, because of what they see on television. But how are we going to make the change if they're not a part of it? If-
4: <laughs> yeah, to give you an example, the cops in New York, the the Irish cops that are in New York, mm-hmm. at one point, and the Irish and the Italians were treated like second-class citizens in Mm -hmm. New York. Mm
5: -hmm. They were getting beat up. they became police officers. Yeah, they were getting beat up. They
4: were getting murdered. Mm -hmm. They were scum to society, Mm -hmm. to New York society. Mm -hmm. They became police officers Mm -hmm. and now they run it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're doing to us what was done to them. Mm -hmm. And that's where Ah. oftentimes, power corrupts absolute power and mm-hmm. corrupts absolutely mm-hmm. yeah you know, so but at the same time it's very difficult to change anything unless you
7: are in the game
4: like yes it's, it's very difficult to score
7: yeah
5: mm-hmm.
4: if you're not shooting mm-hmm. the ball
7: I think you know, exactly. I, I think with police agencies it starts at the, the interview process
4: mm-hmm. when, you,
7: when you're interviewing for police for a uh, position of police or cadet it's up to the people who are interviewing these people to make sure and screen them that they're qualified to be. I
5: think their families should be screened also,
3: and we they see, do, and they, they do, they do. With HPD, family? we they do. screen them. Well, not screen them, but you know, of course, they they I mean, have to put their families' information. I got a out.
5: background check, but they do background and check. If He was mm-hmm. a yeah, you but you know, know we do all of that. Klansman, I want to know. We we
3: do the backgrounds, even mm-hmm. with the, you know this whole, you know, open carry and you know, you gotta go through all this stuff. It's like you can do all the bad you may not be this bad person on paper. But if your heart is evil, you may just got away with stuff. You must just yeah. you probably just didn't get caught. Or you and got so caught it's and, like... Or you got caught and
4: entered a diversion program and got it wiped off your record so nobody and, know and you sit and you a judge.
5: This open carrying judge does open you know? has open carry opened up is it, is it more crime now with open carry, or is it the same, or is it less?
3: I, I, I believe it's more. <laughs> it is? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
5: Hmm. Mm. That's crazy. It yeah.
4: seemed like, to me, it's always going to be just more crime, just because of the way America is designed. America is designed to be criminalized.
3: They dropping the guns and the drugs <laughs> here. I mean,
5: I think, that's just I think, what it is. I think that's what it is, jumping out the car like with rifles i'm like dang free yeah
4: how hard is it for you guys Mm -hmm. uh who want to be a good cop Mm -hmm. how hard is it to work amongst
7: your peers uh it's not hard. hard you you so uh it's like this you put yourself around officers that are like yourself so you have different groups of officers so if you have a, uh, if you're even tempered, if you have a good spirit where you wanna help people, there are officers that's just like you and they got the other ones. So you just stay away from those, from, from those
4: how, how frustrating though is it to be a police officer mm-hmm. and have to deal with the public's uh, frustration and the public's criticism of police officers who are bad?
3: Well, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and. To answer your question with that, when George Floyd mm-hmm. was killed, mm. um, May 25th and on June 7th, mm. <laughs> we all know what that day is. Mm. So, you know, we're, Houston is, you know, with the protests and everything that was going on, it was still going on mm. on June 7th and we had to get called in to work. We was working around clock and I was sitting at my cubicle and and no you know i'm very private with who i am in a you know at work everybody don't need to know i don't walk around with a with a sign saying mm-hmm. who i am or who my dad was um for safety reasons however i'm having my moment on this day because i got this badge around my neck mm-hmm. and this black man just got killed by some officers who mm. are supposed to be serving and protecting the community. I had a very hard time going out in the community today. I did. I sat in my desk and I, and I just was like, what do I do? I looked at my badge and I was like, <laughs> like, how do I continue to be a police officer when police officers are seemingly they're killing a black man, which put me, which put my dad's face in a picture of you know the George Floyd. Mm-hmm. That's all I could see. It was it was a different crime, but it was the same crime mm-hmm. in my eyes. Mm-hmm. That was very hard for me. And so, you know, out of all the things that has happened um, between you know the police and the community. I believe you know that incident took toll on me, as, mm-hmm. and it was very hard to wear that badge, and I had to, and I had to just get it together and remember mm-hmm. my why and remember the reason why I started wearing the badge in the beginning. Yeah,
4: you you have to remember that you have to remember that why that's because it. you're going to be challenged. Anybody mm-hmm. that's trying to do something great, if, if you're trying to do something that's against the odds. Mm-hmm. You're trying to walk that path, less traveled. Mm-hmm. You're going against the grain. You're going to be challenged.
5: Mm-hmm. Every time.
4: You're going to be tested. Yeah. Every time. And you have to have, you know, that thing about you, that thing in
3: that you that drives you. That
4: makes you keep going.
3: That's it.
4: It's okay to pause because we're human. Mm-hmm. It's okay to pause mm-hmm. and reflect and even, and even consider quitting. You know? Mm-hmm. Consider, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you muster up the courage and you say, Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway.
3: Because you know, I thought about. <laughs> my black brother mm-hmm. my black two nephews you know mm-hmm. you think about that and <clears> i'm sitting here like <laughs> like how like i'm about to go out here to this march and do i be on this side because i'm mm-hmm. with my people you know i feel this i feel they hurt their their pain mm-hmm. or do i'm you know what do i do and i just and i went out um at the time you know chief finner was there and you know, we went out together and he looked at me. I looked at him and he was like, you good? I'm like, I'm good.
4: Yeah. Mm.
3: I can do this job and I can, you know, put my feelings aside. But I feel what they're feeling.
5: Shouts out to Chief Fenner. Chief.
4: Yeah, we, good man. We, we feel your
5: pain. Love you, Chief. We feel mm-hmm. your pain. We we, we
4: we identify. Mm. Man, we, we we love your family. Thank uh, you. Tell your sisters and brothers. Me too. Uh.
5: That, you know, yeah. that definitely alone, appreciate you know? guys coming out and sharing some, some 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 history, some knowledge and dropping some wisdom on us, especially when it's coming, you know, to to uh, dealing with the neighborhoods, bridging that gap between the police and the neighborhood, yeah. you know, recruiting yeah. more of us, r- recruiting more people that look like us. Just police us, because like I say, if you don't share any interest in these people that you are policing, then why are you here? That's it. Anyway, and we love y'all for coming for out. Officers, yeah, no right. doubt. We love y'all for coming out. We appreciate y'all. And if you have a, you. a nonprofit or or a page set up that you want people to tap into, mm-hmm. you can go ahead and drop that information now. both of y'all. Okay.
3: Well, I do have my book, Triumph Over Tragedy. It is on Amazon. I'm in the process of getting my web page um, developed at this moment. Okay. It's on Amazon. Um, Jamie A.B. Queen is my um, Instagram name.
5: Jb
7: so, Ab Queen
3: Jamie Ab Queen Okay J a m i e A b Queen
7: Cool You got some uh, So I'm James Tenard uh, You can just look me up on YouTube I've done Yeah But I know you do a lot of uh, stuff yeah. for the kids Like for your interviews i right. Interview with you So Yeah know, We did an they, interview together They can just put in Tenard uh, For sure Yeah uh, Hpd Hpd Tenard and They can see the interviews that I've
5: done Yeah I saw that interview
7: Yeah I did on He didn't up. see that man
5: Did You did with Oh, so how do I
4: know?
2: On oh, mental health because you just
5: said something about it, man.
4: Did you, did you mention mental health? <laughs> no, I did. I did. I did.
5: not Sit mean. down, man. He didn't <laughs> mention sit down. It ain't, <laughs> it ain't <laughs> over yet. It ain't over. Sit
3: down. <laughs> he say, "Sit down.
7: Sit down." I was going to tell you something real quick if I could. Yes. This, this is what what I mean by unique officers, and we have a purpose. When I was a rookie, that was a sergeant mm-hmm. who asked a, uh, for a police officer checked by with a traffic book, checked by the same African American woman with her three children. She had three warrants, so officers can use discretion, and we can just write a, write a ticket, mm-hmm. or we can write a warrant and so he get it done. But he went to the next level. He said, "Look, ma'am, can you pay for the tickets? The tickets would probably be eleven, twelve hundred dollars." Of course, she couldn't pay for it in a raggedy, beat up Honda Accord. Paper tags. He knows that she didn't have the money. Ma'am, I'm going to have to go ahead and call C.P.N. God, damn! Hold on! Hold on! Mm-hmm. Hold on! I said, Sarge, please. You know, I'm a rookie, so I'm putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. I said, Sarge, please don't, you know, well, what you want me to do? So he asked, do, do, is the grandmother available? The grandmother came. He ran her. She had warrants. Oh. so He was, oh, yeah. he, he was going to take both of them and have uh, CPS come get the kids. But this is where we come in. I said, Sarge, tell those her babies, please, please don't do that. Mm-hmm. And he went ahead and let it go. That's why we have to be on the force.
4: Why in the hell did he run the grandmother any damn way? Why would he, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that was
5: a story
3: I did. Was he black? And as a rookie, <laughs> was he black? I commend you. <laughs> no. Because no. that could have been his really talk by speaking no out.
7: Yeah. You see, This is because this is, this is God put his people everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, they? Mm-hmm. So they have good people in policing. Everybody's not bad. They have some people who are going to help you all the way.
5: Yeah. Do, the do whatever they can, they yeah, but can that do. Was you.
7: Yeah, you understand.
5: That Understand. was you. He didn't do nothing yeah. special. You, you, you convinced him to but, let these but, people go.
4: But, no, at the end of the day,
5: man. Uh, had cool. he not been there, what would have happened, Willie? You're right. And I'm done.
4: You're, you're right. But at the end of the day, the the the, the Sarge had the Sarge had seniority. And he mm-hmm. could have, at any point, said, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm taking him anyway. Mm-hmm. So, at, so at least at that very moment, at that little window of opportunity. He
3: had a self-check moment. He... <laughs>
4: God put some on his heart, yeah. whatever little heart he had, yeah. and put some on his heart to mm-hmm. let that let those women go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I guess you get a speck of credit for that. <laughs> but but thank <laughs> you, absolutely thank you for your 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 service, man. I appreciate it. And Thank you, also, James. Thank you, we I appreciate
3: it. You thank you so much. Thank you.
7: For All right. Us. Yeah. No more right. talk. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> This episode was produced by A-King and brought to you by
4: The Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeart Radio.
6: What's good, everybody? It's our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're headed down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details.